0: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon wherever you are on this beautiful planet. Welcome to this week's episode of Reconnecting to the Artist Within podcast. I'm your host, Mike Murray, and I am here to inspire you guys to crack open your creative vision and unleash it on the world. So, today we have an exciting guest. Her name is Lizzie Croucher. She is from England, and she went from her full-time job to now making a living as a potter. So I hope I got that right. Um, I know she makes like pottery with ceramics. Maybe I should say a ceramics craftsman. I'm not sure what the official term is, but I'm gonna let her tell you all about it right now. So let's bring her in.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: Hey, there <laughs> you are. Very cool.
1: I'm ever, I'm ever so sorry. Um, oh, don't my, worry about it. It's great. I got, this, I got this brand new computer because my laptop's dying of death. Um, and my partner set it up for me, but forgot to set up my mic. <laughs> so I spent a while trying to figure it out, but I'm on my old laptop now. So
0: You are here. It is all good. I
1: appreciate it. <laughs>
0: You were here on time, so you're fine.
1: Nice to meet you. Sorry about the technical. Hint. Nice to meet you too. Don't worry.
0: This is, you know, this is real.
1: So All part all good. of life now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, welcome to whatever this is, everyone wants to say the new normal. I saw a great post today and someone said, forget the new normal. What if we call it like on to better? Do you know what I mean? Moving towards something better. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, for sure, hopefully. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, welcome Lizzie, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you, thank you for inviting me.
0: You're in England, right?
1: I am, yeah, I'm in Essex.
0: Essex, that Mm. sounds like I should know more about Essex. Like, I feel like there's probably some rock bands from there or something.
1: Probably. Uh the band Blur.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm familiar From, with Blur.
1: Like Colchester, which is where I currently live. Mm-hmm. I think that's our claim to fame. I think they were formed or went to school here.
0: Yeah. I think Blur had a great song. It was like girls who like boys, who like boys, who like girls. Yeah. Who do yeah, girls yeah. like their boys. Yeah. Always <laughs> oh, should be someone you really love, or something like that. That was a great song. I remember the first time I heard that I was like, What the hell is this? This is incredible. Good dance song. Well. Welcome. Thank you for letting me interview today. This is fun. I've been really enjoying these
2: interviews.
0: (laughs) So let's start with just what I like to call the thirty thousand foot view and talk about real quick where you were and where you are now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh I was in many places. (laughs) I've been in many different places. Where where I mean where would you like me to to hone in on, I guess?
0: Okay, well, great question. so you said, well, I talked to you before a little bit about you know if you had gone down the conventional path and you said that you hadn't really gone down a conventional mm-hmm. path that you had um, spent some time as a dancer mm-hmm. right and now you are yeah. a what, are we, how, what do we what do we call you a potter or a ceramicist or what do you uh, like to be i
1: I, refer to, I kind of refer to myself as a potter, a um, potter. Okay, or kind cool. of widely. Just- an artist that specialises in ceramics, I guess. Okay.
2: Um
1: which I came to I only really came to in in very recent times. Um but now it seems to be my life which is is fantastic.
0: When did you make that Um, switch?
1: Oh uh the start of last year I really made the switch. Um but I only really got into it about four years ago. Yeah. Um yeah. So I guess what you were saying about the kind of the conventional path, um, I would say I, uh, I've been very fortunate that the conventional path has never really been there as a pressure. I know a lot of people who, um, who um, have been directed one way or another in their life um, in terms of a career path, maybe their parents had or runs through the family, um, and they're either pressured or encouraged at least to um, follow in footsteps. And yeah. I, never really, I never really had that. I mean, my, my dad is uh, a mechanic, um, a car mechanic. And um, my mum has done a variety of jobs, but it was a teacher before she retired. Um, so my parents have been on very different paths. My dad has done the same job his entire life. And um, my mum has done multiple different jobs um, and then landed the one she loved and then she retired. So um, I think that might have influenced a little bit, but I wasn't kind of directed in a particular way. Um. I think creativity has been a part of my life since I was a child, which is fantastic. Um, and as you said, dance. So I I trained uh, as a dancer for six years, um, and then I shied away from that. But um, that's that's been a part of my life since I was a very very young child. So my my parents always encouraged me to be creative. So I would do dance lessons and piano lessons also. I did up until I was eighteen. Um, so I took an interest in Non-conventional, conventional, course, non-conventional. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, um, I took an interest in that from quite a young age. So I wouldn't say I was encouraged to take any particular path by my loved ones. Maybe kind of by my teachers at school, which I know is their job, sure. and yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was really encouraged to, um, by teachers, to um, attend university um to attend kind of further conventional further education but my passion always lies in creativity um and my 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 mother's always been adamant that i she always says that i should pursue something i'm passionate about and talented at in equal measure mm. and when the balance kind of tips one way or the other then it's it's not wholly serving you in a way so if it's something you're super talented at but you don't find any joy in it and that's not really sustainable. Uh, sustainable.
0: I like that advice. That's beautiful advice. Yeah. yeah. Um
1: I would say the other way around, I mean, if you're super passionate about something you're not hugely talented at, I mean, pursue it, absolutely. But it may be you may find a lot of sticking points. And you can lose your passion for it as well. So
0: Sure, and yeah. it might just take you longer to kind of get good at it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so yeah, all the way through my kind of formal education I've uh, I was kind of encouraged to go through the, I mean, it may be different in different parts of the world, but certainly in England, there's a real, uh, like a line of education and you go from secondary school or high school um, to university or a college. And then you go, what you studied at university, you're expected to go on to, that's your career because that's what you have spent your time studying.
0: What did you study?
1: I studied dance so I I went okay. to the conservatoire um which is this I got a degree at the end of it but it's a vocational training so I was in the studio from 8:30 in the morning to 8:30 at night five days a week um wow. which I mean was an incredible experience and it has kind of shaped me to be the person I am regardless of whether I'm in dance or not um so yeah I trained in that for uh Two years as a, a young person when I was completing my last year of school um, and then full time for four years. So I got my degree and my postgraduate degree in dance. Um, should I continue? <laughs> yeah, I
0: was going to say, where did you go from there? Did you, did you take a yeah. job? Did you start dancing? What happened?
1: So I really wanted to perform. So I trained in dance performance. Um, I was really keen to go to auditions and I went to quite a few in the UK. Um, and I went to one abroad I went to one in Sweden actually Um, and absolutely loved that experience of auditioning but the the minute, it was really strange because the the audition I went to in Sweden was so wonderful the minute I came back to the UK every audition after that just felt really high pressure and uh, drove a lot of anxiety out in me Um, and kind of the more I would go to the more it would kind of grind away at me and me realise that maybe it's not uh, it's not right for me Performing and going to auditions and kind of just putting yourself out there and hoping people like you Um, in that respect wasn't for me. Um, So I actually took an internship in community dance, so in project administration and project management. Um, So I sat behind the desk. (laughs) So it was partially office based, but it was a lot of working in the community, um, particularly with um, young people. Um, I worked in quite a deprived area of London, Um, so I went into schools and I went into community groups um, and worked with a lot of children and families um, and a lot of vulnerable adults as well. And I, for four four, four or five years, I spent my career managing projects and working in the studio and in community spaces with people in dance. And I really, I really loved it. And I, thought, I genuinely thought that was what I was going to be doing for the rest of my career. Um, and it was creative as well, which was great. Um, but I'm, I'm not quite sure what changed in me. Um, but it was something I was passionate about and I was founded at, which was great. But I think the... I now refer to it as my office job, which is very strange because there were elements that, it wasn't an office job at all um but the more time I was like kind of the more time went on the more time I'd have to spend not working with people and sitting at my desk answering lots of emails uh going to lots of desk meetings managing budgets thinking about deadlines and I think it was from there my um kind of how driven I I became through my um training came out into my work so it it kind of lowered my threshold for the stress and anxiety I was feeling kind of trying to juggle all of these deadlines and sit in front of a computer five days a week. And I think in the end, just the the workload and the expectations I put on myself as well, because I thought this is what I've done for so long. And, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the, the stress and the anxiety I experienced just led me to kind of completely burn out. um, I should mention that I actually switched in my last two years of, of working in project management from dance to visual art. Okay.
2: Um,
1: so I, I, wor- I went from working in community dance to working in a, an art gallery,
2: okay. um,
1: which is where I, I, I moved to Essex to work in that space. Um, and it was very similar. It was just in a different discipline. Um, and it was that job that was kind of my last office job, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I just reached a burnout point and just thought, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Um, But I didn't really have anything else to go to
2: Mm -hmm.
1: at that time anyway. Um, So, yeah, I guess where kind of pottery falls in all of that jumble, um, all of that mess, is um, when I I moved out of London in, gosh, must have been 2016 now, um, I picked myself up and moved um, to a place where I didn't know anybody. I just moved for work. Um, and I felt like I needed to do something that wasn't work-related, that was sociable in the evenings, Um, and if I didn't go to dance school, I would have gone to art school, so I just thought, maybe to kind of balance it out, I'll do, I'll find something that's arts-based or creative-based, and I had a little look around and saw that uh, I lived near a local potter, a ceramic artist who had a studio in his back garden, which was awesome, So I spent my, um, I did a six session course with him. So the basics of throwing on a potter's wheel. Um, And after that, I absolutely loved it. And every single, every single Wednesday night, I'd get home from work. I'd quickly change and I'd I'd go to the studio and spend about three hours, three hours a week there. So I kind of always had that in the background as kind of my escapism, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is super important if ever you're in a job that uh, you do love, but it's. Five days a week was very intense, um, and particularly working sat at a desk, regardless of whether it's creative or not, you do need something that switches your brain off. Um, Absolutely. So I, I always have that in the back of my mind. Um, and luckily when I moved here to Essex, um, we had a local space open where my studio is now based. And it's, uh, it's called a maker's space, so it's like open facilities for people to join as a member and use the space when they'd like to. Cool. Um, and they had a potter's wheel there, so I spent the time teaching, kind of re teaching myself because I, when I moved, I had to come away from the, the studio the potter had. Um, so I used to just spend pretty much every evening te- re teaching myself um, pottery. So when the time came at the start of last year that I experienced a real burnout, I just, I'd been practicing pottery for a while and I'd actually sold a few pieces to friends and, and I'd set up a an Etsy shop have you heard yep. of Etsy of course yeah, I, I sell Etsy. things on
0: Etsy too actually
1: awesome yeah. <laughs> you have to tell me about those my wife um, and I both
0: yeah
1: awesome um so I had a an Etsy shop but hadn't really put much effort into it and mm. um I thought why don't I just try try this it's something that I love and that I would love to make money out of um and I'd really like to give it give it a shot but just kind of to some extent so I, I quit my office job my day job and um, and found a part-time job back in dance um, which I thought would be really beneficial and would kind of reintroduce me into the dance world okay. I found a, a part-time job in um, project management in dance and then kind of my side hustle was my pottery and I did that for about six months And then my pottery started to kind of grow more and more. I got more interest. Um, And then my part-time job became less and less important to me. Um, And it was, again, it became a source of stress. Yeah. Which nobody wants. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I guess instead of taking the plunge and just going from a full-time job to full-time having my own business or pursuing my own kind of creative um creative outlet i thought i'd just phase it slightly yeah uh, mainly for the financial uh, aspects of totally. it totally because yeah. I, w- I don't know what i would have done if i wouldn't have had like a um something to to pay the rent and to pay the bills
0: no that would be too scary
1: yeah i i just yeah i don't know how people do it i'd love to know
0: but <laughs> um, yeah i think sometimes yeah. there's a support system maybe you know a partner that that Mm. helps out or yeah just a lot of courage yeah a lot
1: of courage I'm I'm way too stubborn to have a support system if I did then I would have just completely taken taken the leap and tried it
0: sure
2: sure
1: Um, but yeah and then so that happens in January or February of 2019 I made the switch to be part-time employed and part-time self-employed and then an opportunity came up Uh, towards the end of 2019 and the the art gallery that I did work at offered me a freelance job to be their head technician so um, overseeing kind of putting the paintings up and putting all the work in the gallery um, which was amazing because that would mean that I could be full-time self-employed and I could work on projects in the gallery and then I'd have six weeks at a time where I could just completely devote my time to, to my business so I, I took that, grabbed it with both hands.
2: <laughs> um,
1: and that, that really worked in my favor. Um, and it mean, meant that I could just dedicate so much more time to my own business and my own work. Um, and then lockdown happened and then I, everything stopped so we couldn't put any paintings on the walls and yeah. we were about three days shy of finishing an exhibition when we were told, don't leave your home. So we just had to down tools, and because I was self-employed, no money was coming in um, for about six months. Um, I initially was very scared, um, and then thought maybe this is a golden opportunity for me to see what it's like to try my business full time and see where I get with it. Yeah, Uh, I was lucky enough that my partner, who I lived with, uh, work had the capacity to work from home full-time kept his salary kept his job and um, very fortunate so I had the freedom to try it um and it it's just taken off really I'm it really unexpectedly um it really has to the point where uh, last week um I handed my notice in at my uh, as head technician and from November I'll be a full-time potter <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> which is very scary to say um amazing but really exciting so I feel like my the, the transition I've had between uh, a conventional, kind of not the conventional path, but the more conventional path, yeah. um, working as a project manager to where I am now, uh, took a, a, I mean, it took a year and a half in terms of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go through it. But the, the thought has always kind of been lurking in the back of my head for about three years. Yeah. So it's, it's just taken time, but totally. I'm getting there. Which is is yeah it's, cool.
0: yeah it's been the theme recently i've interviewed a couple of people and everybody has actually received a nudge from covid from the oh, lock okay. right it's you know there's been these people that have been making this transition and working towards it just like yourself and then the lockdown happens and they're like okay well i guess this is a you know this is yeah. an opportunity to you know yeah to capture all this free time and, and put it towards what I really want to do. So Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear more about the burnout if you're willing to talk about it and kind of what was going on at that time, like physically, mentally, what were you experiencing that sort of, you know, was there an event or or a time period where you're just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. What was going on then?
1: Yeah. So I think the kind of catalyst for it was when I I thought would be an amazing opportunity, so I, I picked myself up out of London and moved particularly for my job moved away moved away from my support system effectively. Um, I was much further away from my family um, I didn't have any friends <laughs> that lived uh, where, I, where I'd moved to um, I obviously made some, but connecting taking years to connect with people is very different to being around people that you've of studied course. with and spent yeah. years of your life with um, so while that has completely shaped me today I think that might have been the the starting point so when I had when I had those moments that um, I maybe needed someone to talk to or just to go to the pub and have a chat with um, I didn't necessarily have those kind of at my disposal or, or readily available to me um so I was I was internalizing a lot of kind of stress I felt um and I think the nature of the job that I, I landed as well. So I went straight from um, my internship, so, so quite a, well, an entry level job. Um, and I, I went into an environment where uh, there were very few people on my team, as is the nature of arts admin, uh, mm-hmm. with kind of low or lack of funding and lots of very passionate people that really want to do their job and really want to support and serve a community, but there's just not enough resource. Um, I went into a job where uh, I was meant to have a line manager and didn't because she had left. Because she had burnt out um, and mm-hmm. for me had burnt out. So my my handover was quite minimal. So I was almost coming completely fresh faced into the job that required a lot more experience than I had. It's
0: um, interesting too how the others had burnt out as well.
1: Yeah. Um, signs and, were there. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't find that out.
0: Of course. No, Until no one tells me that. Over my
1: head. Nobody's just me so anything. you
0: know, the last two burnt out. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, sure you want it? I kind, of, I, kind of got, I kind of got the feeling in my hand over that she'd left in a hurry. Um, mm. Or she'd just she'd closed the book a long time ago and just wanted to leave. Um, I think that going into that environment when I was very naive, I mean, I'd just come fresh out of an internship and thought like, oh, I can do this. This is amazing. Um, I think all of those elements coupled with the um, kind of my personality in a way so uh, I'm extremely driven if I get a a deadline put in front of me I want to get it I I will kind of work through a.m. to p.m. and like into the night to to get it done because I really care I want to care about everything I do Mm -hmm. and I put my heart and soul into everything regardless of if I love it or not which is really strange um, so I think a lot think of it's people kind of, do
0: that yeah yeah people pleasers
1: yeah
0: uh, and they high achievers they've got you know sort of a certain quality quality of standard or standard of quality that they want to mm. reach for themselves I know yeah. I have that
1: yeah and I think because I was getting that from people who I worked with as well and I, I the internship I came from um, my previous employers kind of gave me a really glowing reference and said I, was, I had so much potential and I really wanted to live up to that. Um, so I think it was a couple of different elements, but I think ultimately it was, uh, I struggled a lot with my anxiety during that time, probably because of the lack of support system, but also yeah. I just was giving myself, I, I had all this spare time, so I was filling it with trying to work and get things done trying to fill holes that it's just not possible for one person to to sort. Um, And I think the nature of my job as well, um, obviously as I said, I was working with a lot of vulnerable adults and um, people with issues that I I wanted to be there for them a lot, all the time, or I would go home and worry about them even though it was just a job. I couldn't kind of like shut the book or turn my emails off. I I wanted to just make sure people were okay. so I think it all just, in the end, everything kind of culminated on top of each other. And I came to the, my, my contract was a, a year and the, the team leader sat me down and said, we want to keep you on full time. We love what you're doing. They saw none of the, the burnout I was experiencing because I'd just go to work and do things and leave. Yeah. Um, and then I'd just break down when I got home, just thought, why am I doing this to myself? And then I'd go back to work the next day, kind of totally fine, just get on with my job. I think that's pretty common. Yeah.
0: Right. For just like the world at large, a lot of people are. They go home and they're like, "What am I doing? Why am I still doing this?" And then it's like you don't know what else to do sometimes. So you just.
1: And then everyone goes to work and says, "How are you?" Yeah, I'm fine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's when it's
1: yeah I'm fine, and then they go back to their computer and you know something's
0: things are good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But it was only really at the, the end of my year contract. She sat me down in the meeting room and said, we want to keep you on full time. And I just broke down into tears and said, I can't, I can't.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And she was really shocked. She was like, but you work so hard and you always get stuff done. And I'm like, yeah, you, you see the, the work I do, but you don't see all the underlying stuff that I, I, I deal with. And that I, yeah. And I just said, I I can't. Um, And then I, moved on and found the job in the art gallery and then exactly the same thing happened to me wow. uh, I thought maybe like a new environment and uh, new people and kind of new tasks and, and switching from dance to visual art I thought maybe it would be different it would be different but it was the same um, so I think because I'd experienced that I've experienced it more than once I think mm-hmm. I, I think it is just my i I have put it down to my incompatibility with working in that field um because you will just never get things finished because there's just so much to do and unfortunately the arts is such a an un, I, I mean as we're seeing at the moment it's such kind of a uh an un, like an underfunded and underrepresented yeah. area and i wish i wish it wasn't in an alternative world that would be my life because it's yeah it's the work that people do that the work behind the scenes to make things happen just it's it's incredible when things do happen but for me it, I think I just put it down to an incompatibility of my working style and my personality and how much I can kind of give and take with those kinds of environments
0: yeah maybe something to do with the structure of yeah. having to wake up every day and go to this place for a certain amount of time and you know have a certain amount of output
1: yeah and I also think it's uh I haven't said this out loud but I also think it's that I I don't feel well working for other people
2: okay yeah
1: um since I've I mean even now with my uh kind of my two-part self self self-employment so running my own business and then kind of working self-employed but within a, a structure I find that very difficult yeah because I feel like I have to rely on other people to get work done. And I just, and that's also probably partially where my downfall was. I just wanted to do everything myself. I didn't want to delegate things. <laughs> and if oh. I did, I'd try, i try and make sure that they did it when I wanted things. And, and it was, it brought out a side in me. I really didn't, I really didn't like and didn't think it was me. But working for myself, I know one day, hopefully if I expand one day, I will have to, to delegate things But because it's kind of my, baby in a way I think it will feel more natural rather than me feeling like I need clarification and need things from other people to to serve other people that are higher above me but it all just felt really fragmented and really difficult so I, yeah I think I've I've got very good at working for other people
0: <laughs> okay well that's funny because it kind of brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. if you had anything in place now a routine or some self-care to prevent you from burning out it obviously sounds like you know being more in control and not having like so much structure or or people that you have to you know say make happy with your work that that is helpful but i'm wondering if there's anything else that you've put in place to sort of mitigate that moving forward
1: i could i i definitely need to work on self care and downtime
0: <laughs> and
1: i think a lot of i think a, a, a lot of people if not everybody who's just starting a business could probably say the same because you just want it you just want to do everything and, and build it all up and get it all to work at once and that's kind of not the case it's not possible sometimes if just if, especially if it's you as a kind of a soul
0: totally i get yeah, it yeah
1: you're doing everything you're making you're packing you're taking the pictures you're marketing you're promoting yourself. You're doing your finances, like you, you writing just the copy. Yeah, yeah, you got to
0: do it all. Yeah, you know,
1: podcast interviews. You know, just like you've got to do it all.
0: Doing yeah. a podcast, I mean, I've been <laughs>
1: exactly. since
0: Friday. I've been just in the back of my mind thinking, like, I got to do the post production on those podcasts. I got to mm. do the post production on those podcasts. What am I going to, you know what I mean? And just today, I was actually looking at um, like some help on Fiverr. I don't know if you know what Fiverr is. Mm. Yeah, but I thought maybe I can find somebody to do the post-production for these podcasts for me and just get it off my plate because it's, I love this, the interview and the interaction and stuff, but then sometimes that like behind the scenes stuff uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't motivate yeah. me as much. And it definitely wears at like my mind, mm. it's like chewing on But hole. that's,
1: that's great that you have identified the areas of your, of your business of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't mind the word business. Feels really strange. Like the, the No, I get I don't feel like yeah. this is a
0: business yet, yeah, right now. Yeah, like what you're, do- what
1: you're what you what you're doing. Um, yeah. you've identified the areas that you love and that you could do forever, and then the areas that you might want some extra help with, or might want to delegate. And I think that's I haven't found that yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I have areas that I know that I one day I would like to delegate,
2: but um, what are those I areas?
1: Definitely definitely photographing my products. I love making my products and I love looking at them. But photograph, for some reason, I just don't have the photographic eye.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, I'm I'm selling work, so the photographs obviously okay. But I know I know they could be better. But I just don't have I don't have that. I don't have creativity in that area. Hmm. Um, I have a I have a friend, uh, a very good friend, who I actually met through. She reached out to me. She's a photographer in the local area. Um, and she reached out to me before we even knew each other and said, can I photograph some of your products? Just I want to get experience of kind of photographing people making. And, yeah. um, and I'll write a blog about you. Um, I worked with her partner in the art gallery, which was the connection we had. And now she's a very, very good friend of mine. And she photographed some of mine. She did a branding shoot before me. Um, and I think that was the moment when I was like, yeah, I'd like someone to photograph my work because <laughs> I just don't have that. It's a completely different way of working, kind of yep. making and selling. And
0: There's a book, I think it's called The Great Leap. I think it's The Great Leap. I forget who the author is. But the whole concept is your zone of genius and learning to recognize your, what your zone of genius is and where your sweet spot of like, we'll say work or behavior is so yeah in this case for my case doing the post-production on this I can feel that like I can do it I even know how to do it right I know what program to use I know what the whole thing I don't really want to do it because it doesn't like give me energy Mm. right some of these things like the the interviews give me energy Mm. you know thinking about sitting down on the couch after this and doing the post-production I'm kind of like womp womp yeah You know, and so, yeah, learning to recognize where the zone of genius is for you or for everyone, right? Mm. And Mm. acting from that place and how more productive you can actually be when you're in that zone. Absolutely. What if you're making more ceramics, pots, right? Because Mm. you have someone else doing the photography and therefore you're actually selling more. So now you can afford the next level of growth to pay someone to take those photos.
1: Exactly. I can't wait to get to that level. (laughs)
0: sounds <laughs> like you're almost there
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I think with something like with something that is such a hands on uh, I need to find another word for business. I've been so used to saying the endeavor? word yeah, endeavor. Yeah, something that's so hands on, so kind of like something like something that I'm doing the, the more you the more time you put into and it's I guess it's the same with anything the more time you put into it and the more attention you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. So I think when I, a year ago when I thought I'll go part-time, I was putting more into it and I, and I was seeing more results but not as much as I'd like. I thought, oh, maybe I'll just go to the studio after work and maybe I'll go kind of on the weekend evenings. And I was trying to find these tiny little slots of time. But with something like making ceramics, you almost need huge blocks of time. <laughs> mm. Because by the time you set your wheel up, and you've made two pots and then you've kind of taken that, that tiny bit of time, then you need to clean up, and then it almost feels it feels like you've kind of built it all up in all the time around it. You almost need a big chunk of time to really zone in and, and really focus on what you're doing and and develop what you're doing as well, kind of rather than just going through the motions. So while I was working part-time it was the balance was kind of tipping and then I just realized I need to I really need to focus on this if if I want to really make a living out of it um for me I needed to just take as much time as possible to I mean improve what I was doing because I'm I'm largely self-taught so I got kind of a sort of basics and it's only really been this year that I've really I've seen my working through for a start, which is amazing. <laughs> and then I've really found, I've really found my kind of um, my niche and I've found my market and I've, but that's only happened because I've taken time to, to do it, I guess.
0: That really resonates with me really deeply right now because mm. I definitely write a lot of my songs while walking my dog. Like that's where I'll do the, and that's fine. I like marinating with lyrics on a dog walk. Mm -hmm. But it's been been quite some time where I've sat down with my guitar for a few hours, Mm -hmm. right? Even today, I had 15 minutes before I had to go to work. And so I grabbed the guitar and I started like, you know, working on the song that I had been working on on my dog walk, you know, and I'm trying to find these little Mm -hmm. pockets. And so that really resonates with me really hard right now because I'm like, shit. Yeah, I've got to start to really give my craft the time it deserves and really dive in. I do when it comes to recording, but that's because it's a, it's a process and you're kind of scheduling the time to do it. But uh, I could definitely dig further into writing. So I appreciate mm. you bringing that up.
1: Yeah. Give your craft the time it deserves. Definitely,
0: definitely. And,
1: allow, and allow time to play as well.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, lockdown was was, it wasn't great. It was not a great time, obviously, but in terms of my ceramics, it's been super beneficial. But I was, because things took off so quickly, all of my time in the studio was dedicated to making more because I was running out of stock, which is an amazing place to be. There but you go. It got, it got to about three weeks ago, and I thought, I haven't sat down and tried something new in such a long time. Mm. So um, I sat down and thought, right, I'm going to, throwing a large pot is like a completely different world Compared to throwing a small pot, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it's something that I've tried a couple times, but I've just been too impatient, and the pots just fallen over. So I just thought, I'm going to have a morning, a whole morning. I'm not going to make anything that I'm kind of destined to sell or make anything that's on my list. I'm just going to try, and lo and behold, I made like three huge pots. Well, huge by my standards anyway, and probably not by some people's, but and that's all just because I took time to to play about. Yeah. Um, so i think i'm I think that's probably part of self- care actually now I think about it there you um go. it's i'm at the moment, I am totally happy committing all of my energy and time and life to to making this work and seeing if it will work um but I need to allow time because I need to just remember where i I, I started my art, my craft through uh it's kind of escapism, I guess.
0: Yeah, play,
2: um,
1: and it's and it it has it has never felt stressful. Um, it's worlds away from anything I've ever experienced in terms of, of kind of working. Um, but I just need to keep coming back to the coming back to the play aspect, and that's probably where uh, new ideas come. I guess kind of new ideas to for new products and um, hopefully collaborations and things like that. So.
0: Yeah, I like the idea you touched on, doing something with. Out the intention to sell it Mm. right because it's probably really easy to get caught in that that loop of like okay yeah I gotta make another pop gotta like fulfill orders and and make sure that I have stock and instead of like just yeah connecting with the roots of why you got started in the first place and just giving yourself that time and I think that's really that really resonates with me right now too all of this I'm just like (laughs) yeah when was the last time i like didn't try to write a song with purpose or just like really just played, mm. I like that.
1: Yeah. And that's the, I mean, that's really unique to the to, to craft and to artistic and creative endeavors. You can't, I couldn't ever see myself sitting at my computer on a Monday morning, I think. I need to just play around on the computer or actually like, to play with my emails. Like it's just mm. not, there's no capacity for me. There was no capacity yeah. for, for, I was working in a creative field but there was no creative spark there at all. I mean Got you can't I, I couldn't find any fun or creativity in sitting at a meeting or looking at a budget spreadsheet. Some think- people some people love it. My partner works in IT and computers and he never complains about work. But I just for, for me <laughs> it was a it was a, creative, it was a creative world I was kind of existing yeah. in, but I had no, I had no taste of creativity at all.
0: I think that um, artists get into that trap a lot. And when I say trap, I mean like the trap of going into a creative field because they, they, you know, society is teaching you like, okay, you're, you're obviously a creative child. You're an artist. You're a painter. You like to draw, whatever. Like I remember my mom used to say like, you should be an architect, honey. Right. Cause she like, I drew houses. So must be, I want to be an architect where it was really, I'm just a kid. I'm just drawing like, cause it's a house. Why not? Like, I'll try that out. You know, Oh, you're really good at drawing houses. You should be an architect or, Oh, you're really like good at, you know, drawing, I don't know, cartoons. And so you should be a graphic designer. It's like, how can we take your creativity and still make it fit into the mold of like Mm -hmm. societal, you know, career.
2: And I think, I
0: think that's a, a big I think that's a very common path, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like you say, you you actually weren't being creative in that creative field.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, that idea of taking creativity and almost kind of it's almost like putting a what do they call it, like a, a square peg for a round hole. Like it's just yeah. Oh, you've got this. You've got this kind of creative passion. This talent now. Make money out. You've got to make money out of it and do it full time. And what are you going to do if you don't make money? And I think that, as much as I, I love my mum and dad and praise them for encouraging me to follow my heart. When it came to being an adult <laughs> and moving and moving away from the student life and into a, a kind of a job and sustain myself, um, they were like kind of they were find me kind of chugging along with my nine to five and earning a good wage and paying my rent and the minute I turn around to my mum and dad um a couple of months before I decided yeah I'm gonna hand my notice in at work and work part-time the first thing my mum and dad said well well, how are you gonna make your money
2: yeah
1: how are you gonna how how what are you gonna do with the other time other time you're not at work and I'm like I'm gonna try and pursue what I want to pursue yeah Um, and I, I understand that I mean I'm not a parent but i i understand that's a worry a worry and an anxiety that i was going to run out of money or i was going to not be able to even hold down my part-time job or that i know that that was a a very real fear of theirs um but to me it came across as like a you're not working a full-time job anymore you what what you want to go and make stuff out of clay and sell it and that's going to be your life how are you going to do that and it was i think it came it also came down to the, um, the experiences that my mum and dad and people of their generation experienced. And that, my, my dad, as I said, my dad worked at the family yeah. business for his entire career. Um, and then he sold it to someone and now he works for them full time. Like it's,
0: and, it's and my mum yeah.
1: was the same. Um, she yeah. had a couple of different jobs, but it was a, you work Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday's your day off. And you go back to work on Monday. If you don't like it, that's okay, but you're, you're, you're paying your rent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, it kind of changed, it locked down definitely, I call it lockdown. It was Whatever lockdown. changed, yeah. yeah. At the start of the year, it <laughs> <laughs> um, ch- definitely changed my parents' perspective on, on what it means to own your own creative business or, or to be a craft person, um or to be making money from, from making art. Um, but they, they kind of only really fully got on board when they saw that it was becoming a success. A
0: sustainable business. Yeah. 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 Um, so Wait, I feel very fortunate.
1: That, yeah. I feel very fortunate. That I have their full support. It was, it, it was tough to, to, um, kind of get them on board at the start. Um, but you can't, you can't show that success if you don't put the groundwork in beforehand. So,
0: oh, yeah. Yeah, it's something that occurred to me recently was this idea that, yeah, parents have no framework. They have no frame of reference for what a successful artist is. Because I grew up in a small town, middle-class America. Like, it wasn't pumping out, you know, working artists who were, you know, dancers or musicians or painters, you know. Or if it was, they were rare and they, they weren't hanging in my parents' circle, right? And so, without that frame of reference, it's really... How, how would they say, yeah, go do that. We think that's a great idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I understand why they don't. And my mm-hmm. Mine definitely. It's interesting. I was an artist, painted and drawing. And I went to school to become an art teacher because I liked art. So mm-hmm. I'll go into a creative field using my creativity. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I had a uh, professor my first year. And he came up to these two of us. It was myself and this other girl. I can't remember her name. And he just looked right at us. He's like, "You guys don't want to be art teachers; you should be artists." And I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "You think that by being an art teacher, you're going to have plenty of time to paint? But I have, so, I have news for you: you won't. You're not going to there have any time. Marking
1: for your- other people's paintings. Yeah. And I was like, because
0: <laughs> he read my mind. I definitely thought that. Yeah, I'm going to have more time for my art as an art teacher, of course. Mm-hmm. And when he put it that way, I kind of looked back at my art teachers and I was like yeah they really weren't creating like a body of work like I'm friends with my art my high school art teacher on Facebook and now he paints his ass off because he's retired and it's mm-hmm. incredible he mm-hmm. wasn't doing that when I was in high school and um yeah it's just interesting that he yeah, so then I went and I stopped being an art teacher and I just went to be an artist and then I'm certain my parents they didn't tell me to my face but my mom told me years later she's like yeah your dad was really worried about how you were going to make money and I just graduated as an artist. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but then I panicked and I went to be a chiropractor. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. What
1: oh, change. <laughs> yeah, big
0: change, right? Big change. Yeah. They,
1: I mean, I, but, I have a lot of friends that are physiotherapists and I think I have yeah. one friend that's a chiropractor, but it's through, their, it's through their training in dance.
2: Oh, interesting. And their yeah.
1: interest in the human body. Um, so, I mean, I, I've just trained to be a yoga teacher. Yeah. And I found, I found yoga at, during my time in dance, and then I completely left it, and I started. It's I've I've got my assessment this Saturday actually, um, and <laughs> um, I've been doing that for a year. Um, and interestingly, I'm not sure if I want to be a yoga teacher, even though I've spent a year
2: That's okay to
1: be one. Um, and it is okay, but yeah, some people don't think it's okay because I've put money and time into it. But of course, I. We'll be doing yoga every day for as long as I live, hopefully, because I really love it. Yeah. Um, I've spent a lot of time kind of finding the deeper meaning behind it and, and kind of cultivating the practice for myself. And it's really benefiting my life. So I might not be teaching it just yet or or ever. I don't know yet, but
2: yeah.
1: I've, got, I've got a foundation there that I could if I wanted to. Um, or I could just keep it for myself, which is what I can't really to.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's another part of your self-care. yeah exactly
1: exactly that's cool and I think the thing about teaching as well is people meet it in in different ways um and teaching is something that I I have in my I don't have a business plan I don't have any sort of plan just yet I just want to see where it goes but Mm -hmm. um we're about to move home um hopefully in the next month Um, and that home has like a garage workshop space so I'd, I'm gonna call, kind of build bring, bring my own home studio because I currently work um, in a shared. I have a small studio in a shared space, um, but hopefully, once that's built, I would love to offer pottery classes and one-to-one sessions. Cool. Um, but that that's only been born out of the fact that I I just love what I do and I'd love to show other people it. Amen. And I've spent time yeah. I've spent time working with it and kind of. I think because I I did do my foundation course, but because I've kind of retaught myself over the last few years, I feel like I just want to pass the things I've learned on to other people. Yep. Um, and it's becoming such a, a popular thing. I have had people reach out and ask if I teach classes. I, have, I taught a few at the, um, the communal space I work at now, um, but I'd love to just do kind of one-to-one sessions. So I've kind of found, I've decided that I'd like to teach in the future, but it's only really through me actually spending time on my own art but I want to teach it to other people.
0: I think it's great when it becomes a natural extension of just something you love to do and people start asking questions about it. I mean I think that's like just the the most beautiful organic way to grow so kudos. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your pottery real quick like I, I obviously I've seen the pictures I think it's Beautiful, but I'd love to hear like what inspired it, and you know, your tell us about your style real quick.
1: Yeah, so I have a my tagline, I guess, is um, pottery with personality.
0: Okay, I love it. So
1: my the thing I have honed and that has become the most popular and now is the only thing I sell are um, ceramics with your faces on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, face which pops, I wish people. Face... Can see it? Do you have one? Can you hold it up? Is there yeah. one? Yeah. Uh.
1: I mean, I have this. My camera quality is really, really poor. That's okay. It's okay. Right. You're coming through. Okay.
0: Yeah, they're beautiful.
1: Yeah. So they either yeah. have uh happy faces or or yeah. sleepy faces. I don't. I don't make sad ones. I made a couple and I didn't. I didn't like them. Okay. <laughs> um. So. So yeah. Um. That. It came about almost on a bit of a fluke. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. And it came about when I was, I was playing around, in, again I was playing around um, in the studio one day and kind of making new shapes and it was when I was still relatively new and things didn't look so pretty um, and I kind of took a look, look at a pot I made and just thought I need to improve this somehow like it doesn't really, doesn't really make me smile in a way. Um, <laughs> And then I just, I added a little face to it and it was nowhere near as kind of refined as it is now, but I just yeah. shoved the nose on it and, and used a little needle and, and drew a face. Um, and then the, the guy who manages the, the maker space that I work out of, it came out of the kiln. He said, can I buy that off you? It's really cool. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, oh, sure. Okay. And then I made another one and then I put it on Etsy and then that sold. And then I made another one and, and kind of over the space of about three or four months, my Kind of stock went from a couple of things with faces on to about ninety percent. Yeah. Um, and then at the start, it was probably at the start of this year. I I just went on Instagram and just said to my followers, I don't know how many I had, probably not very many. I was just like I've made a decision that everything I make is going to have a face on it, and everyone was like, "That's amazing!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing news!" Um, and I felt I felt like at that moment I kind of I just wanted to take it and run with it. Um see where it went just see where it goes and now it's it's I mean it's it's my kind of identity of my brand or my work
0: it totally seems um, like your style that's what I gather yeah. yeah
1: and every time I try and make something that's not got a face on it I just don't I don't like
0: Personal <laughs> um, no personality
1: yeah like I, I mean I make like little tests so this is like a little test pot and while it's just okay. like a tester of glazes I kind of just wanted to put a little face on it but I, I didn't and now it's just sat there and Mm. Doesn't really so much. Um, <laughs> I think the thing I love most about what I do and the work I put out there is I, I do get a lot of, of people contact me and just say, I follow you on Instagram or I buy your work just because it, it makes me smile. I look at it and it just like fills me with joy. It just like makes me smile. Um, which is kind of just what I it's kind of all I would ever want, I guess. Yeah. Making work that makes people happy
0: yeah beautiful
1: that's
0: cool how that was so organic and natural too it's amazing you're just on a wave
2: you're just riding
0: riding in a wave yeah that's awesome how long before you got your first sale on etsy do you remember
1: so i i actually had i think i opened my etsy in 2015 one part of my journey I did not tell you is that mm-hmm. when I was studying uh, in dance I worked in a pottery cafe. Mm-hmm. So do you know those cafes where you go in and you pick like a blank mug or a pot off the shelf and you paint it yourself?
0: Oh, yeah yeah yeah. And I then the
1: cafe that. fires yeah. it in the kiln for you. So I worked yeah. at one of those for about 4 years.
0: Yeah, they're like a hot and date spot like you can like yeah. paint some oh pots my God, and yeah. BYOB yeah. a lot of times, right? Bring your own yeah. Beer wine. Yeah,
1: we had like yeah. Ice cream and coffee and cake. I've seen those. And yeah. Lots yeah. of I spectated a lot of quite awkward dates when I worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it was it was roughly. right next to it was quite right next to Greenwich Market in London, which is quite like an iconic part of London.
2: Okay. Um
1: so it was always like crazy busy and um it was a lot of fun. Again that was a very stressful job. Um but I I quickly became the kiln lady, so I had no experience of ceramics or pottery in 2010 none at all um, and it was just a side job and because it was creative and artistic I thought I'm gonna do it it's great perfect um and I took a real interest in in the kiln so the the very hot oven that i fire clay um so I just took a just took a really natural organic quick interest in it I guess um and then I started painting my own taking my own blank pieces home and painting them so not physically making them, just decorating. Yeah. And then when I left that job in 2014, I actually put a few pieces on Etsy that I had made and were just collecting dust in on my shelves mm-hmm. and didn't make any sales at all. But it was, I literally just put them on there. Probably yeah. didn't put the right keywords or titles in. and
0: Probably none, right? Just yeah. And in the end,
1: them. in the end, my friends and family found them on Etsy and just said, can I just, can you just take them off and I'll just pay you. So like, etsy don't take money off of you okay so when i came to put my made pottery on to etsy and it was too, it was the end of 2018 start of 2019 the shop said that i've been open to, since 2015 and i've made zero sales
2: yeah, yeah and i was
1: like how can Shit. i change that and yeah. i couldn't and my yeah. because of all the like details of my name and stuff was linked to it i just thought i'm just gonna keep it so I started off and it just looked really appalling (laughs) I'd been on Etsy for four years and not sold a single thing and I thought that would really affect me actually I was I was really worried people would look at it and be like oh must be something wrong I'm not gonna yeah
2: I'm
1: I'm not gonna buy it um so I made my first sale relatively quickly um but it was because people would see my work in the space and say oh can I have that and I just thought I'm going to put it on Etsy. Can you, can you purchase yeah, it exactly there? there you just go. Just kind of make the, Get the make sale. the connection. Exactly.
0: Yeah, because when you said that your parents and friends wanted to buy it off of Etsy, I was like, no, that's good <laughs> yeah. for the store.
1: Yeah. But so when I first, <laughs> when I, when I, back in 2015, yeah, because I had absolutely no, yeah. uh, no experience of Etsy and I didn't think of it, but in any way, shape or form, I was ever going to reopen it or have a business out of it. I yeah. just thought, yeah, sure. Just, yeah, I'll just, just give me the cash and I'll, I'll give it to you of course um I think it took me about four months maybe four months until I had a sale from someone I didn't know at all mm-hmm. so I had a lot uh people kind of I'd directed my Instagram to my Etsy people yeah. I knew yeah um yeah about four months I had just a I think someone must have just searched something and bought something off me and it was like the most amazing feeling I did it, yeah. that someone's just found you and it's like oh I like that enough to to buy it Totally um, was awesome yeah I think I I made about I made about a hundred and I made quite a, a fair amount of sales on Etsy before I parted ways with it so I parted ways with it in lockdown actually
0: oh you're not I even made, using Etsy anymore not
1: anymore I made for you. I made the leap to my own um, web shop on Squarespace.
0: Yep. Are you using, like what do they link up with Shopify or not?
1: Uh, or no, I think it's just, I think it's just Square. yeah, I think Squarespace got has got their own commerce. Got it. I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, as much as Etsy opens so many doors for me. and they do, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's an incredible place for people to just search something and you might pop up and then, that person could tell someone else and like it's it's such it's like a search engine for independent makers great,
0: great. Um, yeah good yeah it's yeah. awesome
1: um it got to the point where i'd search for something and i don't know if it was just if it was just a fluke but every time i searched for something i'd get a lot of ads for companies and brands that weren't making their own work um all the outsourcing things and and it it felt it felt like it was not going in the right direction, mm. um, and then I realised that the more, obviously, the more sales I was making, the more fees would be deducted, um, and more people were asking for kind of custom orders and things of more value. Um, and then I, I basically just did a bit of homework and compared fees, and just thought this is the best way for me to go at the moment. Um, Etsy was great for the I think year and a half that I had it, mm-hmm. um, but it got to the point where I'd kind of gained more momentum on Instagram, which is kind of my primary way to connect with people. Yeah. Traffic get, generator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it just got to the point where I just thought I'm going to try it. I didn't close my Etsy shop and I just launched my website and I've probably made the same amount of sales in six months. And I have made on Etsy for a year and a half. Wow. I think there's only this, I don't know how that's happened. I couldn't tell you. I just thought I'd try it and it, it worked. And I kept my I kept my Etsy shop for two or three months just in case I've... Oops, sorry. My.
2: That's okay.
1: My headphones out, sorry. Um, I kept my Etsy shop for maybe two or three months in the transition period in case it didn't work out. Sure. And then I, I just forgot that I have my Etsy shop um i think it's still active but i don't have any listings on there so i always have it just in case yeah, <laughs> yeah. still got um, those
0: sales listed in case
1: yeah just in case yeah. yeah i haven't i haven't got zero on there anymore which is good um but yeah it's just just in case things don't work out or or i'd like to put a couple of things on there i thought i'd keep it
0: well it's interesting too um I was like, maybe it's because now you're, instead of driving traffic to Etsy where they could get distracted by another listing, potentially, they're going straight to your web store where there's no other possibility besides your work. Yeah. You know, someone who maybe is looking to buy something, a ceramic pot, you know, maybe they go to Etsy. And I think sometimes Etsy will share other similar listings at the bottom of a listing.
2: Oh, okay.
0: I think that happens because they they just want you to buy on Etsy. They they don't really care if they buy, you know, from whoever. Mm.
1: Mm. so yeah and I I thought about it a lot because <laughs> I was like do I really want to come off a place where you can search Facebook and people do a lot of people search Facebook and my stuff yeah. comes up yeah of course um, yeah. do I really want to be it it, it got to a point where it felt very competitive mm. and I just wanted to try I saw a lot of I mean again I follow a lot of ceramicists on Instagram it's a great place for inspiration um, there you go yeah, and I saw a lot of a lot of ceramicists. I just checked out their websites and saw what they could do, and just thought I'm going to try it because it seems to work for a lot of people, and it has touched It has worked so far. Cool. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So where is where can people find you? What is the Instagram handle? How do we so get in touch?
1: So my my ceramics, uh, my pottery, creative business, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my name on Instagram is Croucher.li. Okay.
0: So
1: Croucher Lee is the name of my brand, I guess. Croucher
0: Lee, okay, yeah. .li.
1: So my, my second name is Croucher, and my first oh. name is Lizzie. So oh. I just, it's not that creative, I guess. But I, 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 when I started painting pottery, I thought I need to write something on the bottom. Um, and I started, I started writing my second name and then I started writing my first name, but in the wrong place, and then I looked at it, and was like, oh, maybe that's, maybe that's it." And I've had that name for 10 years now, and I just thought it's not enough changing it really. Cool. Um, but yeah, And I used to do things uh, I used to do illustration as well, so it doesn't have ceramics on the end, but I've kind of just left that off for now. Um, yeah. So yeah, my, my Instagram is croucher.li, and then all the links to my website and mailing list are on there as well. Um, but my website is www.croucherlee.co.uk. So it's just super simple.
0: Okay, cool. And nice. Croucher is C-R-O-U-C-H-E-R, right?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Croucher. Okay. So nice. I'll put a link in the show notes.
2: Awesome.
0: Yeah. Cool, Lizzie. Well, any final thoughts for people who might be listening and thinking about doing their own thing?
1: Hmm. that's a big I guess question it, yeah it's a big question i guess it, it depends on your it always depends on your situation sure um i i've read a lot of um anecdotes and experiences from people in all different situations and everybody's done something different there's no one way to do it
2: mm. some
1: people as you said some people have just said i can't do this anymore i've quit their full-time job maybe have some financial sustainability to just be able to put all their time. Into yep. their own creative endeavors, and it's worked, or maybe it hasn't worked. Um, some people have, have done it bit by bit. I feel like I started started doing it bit by bit, and then just just dove off the deep end. <laughs> mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. it happens in different ways for different people. So, um, I guess one piece of advice might be to just not compare your journey to someone else's.
2: Nice,
1: because um, everybody everybody does it differently. Everybody feels different about different things. Um, and I think, yeah, just go back to my mom's advice. Just something you're passionate about and talented at in equal measure. Um, yeah. It's kind of, the, kind of the key, I guess.
0: I like that. Mm. I like Good old that. mom. <laughs> Good old mom. Mom knew yeah. best. Love it. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to interview you today, Lizzie. This was beautiful.
1: Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. really yeah, enjoyed myself.
0: <laughs> I did too. This was great. So, um Okay, I never know how to close these things. I mean, yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming on.
1: <laughs> thank and you. Uh, it was, yeah, nice that we just, you kind of just dropped me a line from, um, internet,
2: it was the Facebook, Facebook. group, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, Facebook.
1: Yeah.
2: God I, bless forgot admit,
1: I forgot to mention that podcast because it's, I mean, I, I started listening to it about a year and a half ago now. Yeah. And I yeah. just dipped in and out of it. But um, yeah, that was a game changer for me as well. And the book. I read the book as well.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, um, so for those who don't know, the, the group is Don't Keep Your Day Job and that's the mm, podcast too, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah and I think that's... Cool information.
1: Yeah, and that's also a prime example of don't compare your journey to others because she has... Kathy, who um, heads up the podcast, has so many guests on that have... Their journey has been different from person to person. Yeah. Um, completely different. And it again, it also depends on what you want to pursue
0: yeah totally.
1: some things don't happen overnight some things do so
0: yeah patience is key
1: Mm, keep on taking
0: (laughs) yeah keep on taking steps forward right
1: yeah definitely always something new to learn
0: cool well then we all look forward to seeing what kind of big pots you create in the future
1: yeah i have one here oh yeah I mean, oh, this, is, yeah. this is big to me. It is that quite is big.: though. Compared to a mug,
0: it's of course
1: It's quite yeah. big.:
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot.: Yeah,
1: yeah. Bigger, bigger and better are in my studio, but I haven't bought it home yet.
0: <laughs> nice, very nice..: <laughs>
1: cool.
0: Well, thank great. you so much for holding that up and sharing it with me.: no <laughs> Cool, Lizzie. Well.
1: Yeah, it was g- great to chat. Great really to good..: chat. Thank, thank you.
0: you again. I really appreciate your willingness to come on. And we'll keep in touch, all right?
1: Definitely, definitely. All right. You have all my contact details now. So.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. All right, you. Lindsay, we'll take care.
1: Enjoy the rest of your evening.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. I don't know about you, but a uh, key takeaway for me was spending more time on the creative activity. I have definitely been trying to squeeze those things into the edges of my life lately. And so that was a real wake up call for me and to then also use that, um, undivided time to play. Right. I mean, it's good to spend that time to be productive, but also to just take some of that time to actually play. So thank you for that great advice, Lizzie. We appreciate you so much. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode of Reconnecting to the Artists Within. I'm your host, Michael Murray. And as always, we're here to inspire you to crack open your creative vision and unleash it on the world, just like Lizzie did. And uh, we really look forward to connecting with you further on future episodes. If you'd like more information or just like to continue to dive deeper into your own creativity, we offer a free Facebook group and that is Reconnecting to Our Inner Artists. The artwork is the same as it is here on the podcast. So you can search us on Facebook. I don't know why I said it was free. I mean, it is free. Aren't all Facebook groups free? I don't know. I've heard people say, hey, join our free Facebook group. And it's like, they're all free, right? Are people charging for Facebook groups? Uh, I think so, actually. It's like, oh, if you buy my program, you can be a part of my group. So I guess they're not all free. (laughs) Ours is free. This one is free. So um, anyways, I'm rambling. So we're going to cut it out here. Thanks for listening guys. Like, and subscribe, leave a comment. If you will give us a review, give us a a rating that really helps us out. And again, I say us, but it's just me. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. And good night. All right. Goodbye.